I met Dave when he was hanging by Mangle's fist up against the wall. His feet were about a foot off the floor, and he was just saying, it's okay, it's okay, I didn't do it. <laughs> I didn't really know what was going on at the time, but it should have been an indication. I worked at VR-55 for the U.S. Navy in Alameda, California, and it was an aircraft squadron. We would fly from California to Hawaii to the Philippines, Hong Kong, Korea, and we'd sort of fly mother hen for all the fighter jets that needed to go to Japan or you know, carry all the spare parts and the crews and whatnot. And I worked swing shift from 3 to 11. And Dave was on that shift, and he would come in, and after Mangle was holding him up against the wall, he was pretty quiet for a while for some reason. I'm not quite sure why. I didn't know him very well at the time. Things were, I didn't, I didn't spend a lot of time talking to him, but over the months, I gradually got to know him a bit. And finally, he invited me to go skiing with him one time up to the Sierras. We had a great weekend, came down and started spending more time together. He was really intelligent, he was funny. He was kind of short, maybe about 5'4", five, 5'5". Five, five. He had a great big beard that grew right up under his glasses. And he had dark hair that hanged down right over his eyebrows. And his glasses were, kind of thick lens, so his eyes looked like he was always staring a little wide-eyed, right? <laughs> we had a good time. Uh, we spent the summer together. We did some traveling around. We traveled to St. Louis and back. Um, road trip, great times. We finally decided to get an apartment together after one exceptionally good trip to the Philippines, which uh, uh, he didn't quite get busted, but came real close, and I helped him out of a jam and, and sort of stashed what needed to be stashed in a place where nobody could find it, including him, and then he was really curious as to what happened. Um, so he didn't get busted, and we decided that we were going to get an apartment together. We got this apartment together, and we moved in. It was a great fourplex on Buena Vista Avenue in Alameda. And we move in, and the people in this apartment were cool. They were really fun people. Jan and Mike, her son, uh, lived down in the lower right corner. Tim and Sheila lived in the upper right. Gail lived below us um, on the lower left, and we lived on the upper left. And we got to know all these folks. We started hanging out with them, and we met their friends, and they met our friends, and we became kind of like a family. We'd go over to Tim and Sheila's for dinner on Friday night, come over to our apartment, we'd cook breakfast on Sunday morning, so it was great. Halloween came around, we put a keg of beer in the laundry room, everybody invited all their friends. We had like 70 people there, and the cops only got called a couple of times. It was fun. Dave was really kind of the life of the party. He was, he was one of these people that, he was really well-read. He knew what was going on in the world. He paid attention to politics and music and television, and I mean, incredible trivial pursuit player. Um, he was good. And what we didn't really know about him was that he was sort of seasonal in his moods. And when we moved into this apartment together, he was kind of at the top of his game. He was just cracking jokes. He was, he was, uh, he was really witty. He, he knew what was going on and really great fun to hang around with. He got a girlfriend from, uh, was one of Sheila's best friends next door, um, and they started going out together. They were having a great time. Things were going really well, clicking right along. Fern was even going, wow, oh, this guy's not too bad, you know? But Dave wasn't really consistent. And as time went on, his witticism started getting kind of cutting. And 
he went from being really um, kind of the life of the party to being a little bit yeah, sort of boorish and, and overbearing. And he'd get put off when people didn't listen to him. And that sort of urged him on a little bit more. And from boorish and overbearing, he became sort of arrogant and then obnoxious and then downright belligerent. I work swing shift, um, usually 3 to 11. I got off early one night, got home maybe around quarter to 10. And I come into my apartment and I sit down on the couch and I'm just sort of relaxing and all of a sudden I hear this shouting next door. And it's Sheila, she's going off. And I go, oh boy, this isn't good. And I hear a male voice and I think, oh, Tim and Sheila aren't doing too good tonight. And finally I hear her start shouting, Get out! Get out! I never want to see you again! Get out of my house! Get out of my house right now! And I hear the door slam. I go, uh-oh, Tim's going to be looking for a place on the couch tonight. Well, it wasn't Tim, it was Dave. And he comes blazing in the door. And he turns and he looks and he shuts the door behind him. And he looks at me and he says, John Lennon got shot last week. I want that deadbolt locked at all times. Do you understand me? And I went, okay. And he went into his room and he slammed the door. And I swear, no more than 30 seconds later, he comes out and he goes, so Scott, how's your day? <laughs> I'm like, oh boy, this is interesting. Well, this is right around the time the Iran hostage crisis was going on, 1980. And he starts going off about the Ayatollah. There was a dartboard at the end of the hall on his door. He picked up his darts, but rather than throwing the darts down the hall at his door, he turned and he threw one at the map of the world. It was right over my head trying to hit Iran. And I had no desire to be a dartboard. All I wanted to do was get out of the way. But I was a lot bigger than he is. I'm 6'2", he's 5'4". I stood up. His eyes got big as silver dollars, and he bolts out of the house. I hear he runs down the stairs, jumps in his car, tires squeal, and he's gone. I go over and check with Sheila next door, and she says, there's something off about this guy. He's really, he's lost it. And I said, yeah, I know. I don't know what's going on with him, but uh, things, are, things are getting bad. He wouldn't eat dinner if uh, Sheila cooked or if I cooked. But if Tim cooked, it was great. If Jan cooked, it was great. No problem. Um, so we weren't too sure what was happening. Tim came home a little later. We kind of checked in with him. I went home, went to bed. About 3 o'clock in the morning, Dave comes in, throws my door open to my bedroom, turns my light on. I'm fast asleep in my bed. He wakes up and he says, John Lennon got shot last week. I want that deadbolt locked at all times. Do you understand me? He slams my door. I went out to the kitchen. I grabbed a chair, shoved it under the doorknob. I didn't know what to do. I was scared. I never lived with anything like this before. I heard him get up about 6.30 in the morning, and he takes off, and I got up a little bit later, and all of a sudden the phone rings, and it's my commanding officer out at the base. And he says, uh, can you come in? He says, we need to talk. I get out to the base, it's a, he says, it's about your roommate, Dave. He's um, been taken over to Oaknell, the psychiatric ward. He's thought that the Russians were chasing him through the Oakland Hills with semi-tractor trailers. Um, he's over there. I didn't know what schizophrenia was. It's a sad thing, and I hope never, none of you ever have to deal with it in your lives. <laughs>